Merry Christmas! In Westbridge, it's certainly not over here. Hi, this is Phil, future Phil at that, and I'm joined by future Graham and future Chris. Hello, chaps. All right. Inspired by this episode, we thought we'd uh, spread a little bit of Christmas cheer and offer you the chance to uh, tell us what you think our first episode of our extra credits uh, episodes, special episodes that we'll do in between seasons, but we're giving you the chance to uh, give us your opinion on what our first episode should be. It's going to be about witchy business. Witchy things. That's right. This time we're not just going rogue and satisfying ourselves <laughs> reviewing Baywatch nights. Um, yeah, no, we, we, we are actually sticking, towing some form of linkage line yes. rather than just going, oh yeah, Eddie Cyprian. <laughs> yeah. So what we would like to do is in between each season we want to look at a uh, another witch or another spellbinding uh, program or film and just see how it compares to our beloved Sabrina. Uh, so we're giving you the opportunity for three. Uh, the first one is... Hocus Pocus, nice sort of uh, family favourite film, one yes. I've watched an awful lot. Uh, early 90s uh, Disney, believe, film. Yes. yes. Starring a, a young Sarah Jessica Parker, among others. It's a film I've not seen since I was a, a young child. Probably well, probably watched it a good four or five times, but probably not since my age has been in double figures. Yes. So uh, that would be interesting. Okay, uh, Graham, what's the other one we'd like to watch? Uh, Bedknobs and Broomsticks, which, major bias, my... I've, talked about The Love Bug being my favourite film as a child second favourite Bedknobs and Broomsticks absolutely fantastic Angela Lansbury David Tomlinson magic magic defeats the Nazis great what more could you ask for and uh, Chris what's our final one that we'd like? uh, the final one is Roll Dolls The Witches with Angelica Houston which actually genuinely gave me nightmares as a child it when did. she peeled her face off yeah mm. I watched it an awful lot and that's probably one that gave me the chills it took me a while to, to watch it on my own it's very gritty very, very 80s yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah very quite very, dark and especially yeah, when they try is. and stamp on a child as a mouse yeah. very scary oh, God. I think one yeah. adult character does get turned into a mouse and get trod on as well yeah, yeah that's very true yeah. 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 so there's even death in it there you go instant peril that's what we like well hocus pocus child dies yeah bed and broomsticks nazis they don't succeed in killing anybody but they're there uh and uh, the witches face peeling and mouse uh, transformation stamp death so yeah. uh, all of them all of them have got uh, their negative aspects we're going to let you decide which one we watch. <laughs> yeah. So uh, do let us know. Head to our Twitter and our Facebook and you'll see uh, the ways that you can vote for your episode there. So on Twitter, just go to at Sabrina Watch. And if you're on Facebook, just type in Sabrina the Teenage Watch and you'll find us there. <sighs> Let's get this episode over and done with, eh, boys? I fucking hate Christmas. Welcome to Sabrina the Teenage Watch, the podcast where three flamboyant and festive fiends review all 163 episodes of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. My name is Phil and I'm here to guide you. I'm your your tour guide through this uh, trip down nostalgia lane, but I am not alone. Pray tell I'm joined by two comrades who are both lurking over my magnificent coffee table. First of all, to the left is Mr. Graham Riley. Hello, Graham. Hello. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, mate. How are you? I'm I'm great. I'm uh, yeah. I'm I'm feeling very festive. Just had some some mulled wine. Just uh, got into a asinine argument over a uh, really shit quiz that, that somebody's written themselves. Yeah, yeah, other than that, it's a swell time, you might say, yeah. yeah. Okay, well, let's see if the uh, the other man that's joining us on this uh, journey feels the exact same way. It's my friend to the right, Mr. Chris Evans. Hello, Chris. Hello. Merry Merry Christmas. Christmas. (laughs) How are you feeling? Well, considering it's Christmas, apparently, I'm already drunk. (laughs) Yay. Yay. The uh, the nog has, well, uh, has been out for a while, hasn't it? So... Uh, yes, in case you are just as confused as we are stupid, then yes, it is uh, Christmas time in Westbridge. In our next episode, episode 12, entitled Sabrina Claus. Now, before we get into this, guys, um, I don't know if you picked up on this about it, but according to IMDb trivia, Sabrina Claus is a play on of Santa Claus. No, get out. Hang on a moment. Oh. Are you being serious? <laughs> serious. I, I was like, the whole time oh. I was like, 
when is she gonna sprout cores? <laughs> and why did they why did they spell it wrong? Ah, uh, uh, now, now, now I know. That See, would make I, sense, doesn't it? I was completely waiting for the whole. Um, she gets the claws and then just goes absolutely ballistic and mauls people to death. Yeah. That's what I was waiting yeah, for. Yeah, but no, no. It's. I, I mean, I assume this episode makes a lot more sense that it is actually uh, um, about you know Santa Claus, Sabrina Phil, Claus. It's you know like you could have told us that before we started watching because like. It would it would have improved our understanding of the episode so much better, you know. This the, 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 all this all the, all this analysis that we've come up with is is pretty worthless. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Sabrina Claus. Wow, wow. I, well, there so, we go. So, so, sometimes they are just just yeah. too smart for us. Thanks you so much to the contributors at IMDb because yeah, without that piece of of trivia on their page, we would not have come to this realization. And now I don't know about you guys, but I feel a little a little silly. So we'll get rid of all the notes that we made about the lack of claws, scratching, or, or contracts, and and instead we're going to, you know, we're going to imagine that we actually knew all along it was about Santa Claus. And we, we we didn't just record an hour and a half worth of material saying, "But where are the claws?" <laughs> no, no, it's it, true. We didn't do that. So despite the lack of any sort of Freddy Krueger esque escapades, did we enjoy this episode? It was a Christmas episode. It, I yeah, it was like. We have to make a Christmas episode, so let's get making that Christmas episode. Do you have any good Christmas jokes? Bits and pieces. Let's just throw them in there. <laughs> yeah, Christmas episodes really sort of de- derail. They do. Um, um, yeah. Any show, really, and sort of force everything into this prism that we call Christmas television. And, yeah, it, it was, yeah, one of those. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because I think it only really applies to a show such as, as this, because... Every show that's on around Christmas time or leading up to Christmas will have a Christmas episode, but it doesn't fit well with the Sabrina theme and and you know the the rest of the episode. I mean, because they do Halloween, which is great because it's a it's unique for Sabrina, a show about witches and things. So doing a Halloween episode can be fun and silly and, and yeah. really we can explore further into their lives. But about Christmas, yeah, great. Just let's hate these pagans. Yeah, getting excited about Christmas. Doesn't work. No, no. I fucking hate Christmas and you're making me relive it, man. <laughs> We've only just got it out of the way and we're reliving it again. But yeah, it, it's pretty much just a standard sitcom episode with Christmas shoehorned in and it just so happens to star the cast of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. In fairness, you could have done this with any sitcom cast. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think the, the worst thing is, is that obviously this has got seven seasons, so we have got... Five more Don't. Christmas episodes. Is, is, there one, is there one in every season? I, I would assume so. If, oh. if shows are on at the same time during the year, I would assume That's so. quite bad because they're already out of ideas. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that they're out of ideas. They're reusing ideas. Yeah. So are we ready to pull a cracker and just... I get it over and done with. I don't think we've got a choice, do we? <laughs> no. Oh, ho, ho. oh my god, it feels like Christmas. I don't have a choice and I have to be involved. Hey! Well, you do have a choice in the doors there, Chris, but. That <laughs> <laughs> was a bit off, mate. <laughs> Sorry, mate. Uh, so the episode opens and it's very almost Christmas, and Hilda and Zelda are listing all the things they love about Christmas. Hey. While Sabrina is literally listing all the things that she likes about Christmas, which is presents course. Before heading to school, she gives her aunts the list of numerous expensive gifts, to which Hilda reassures Zelda that Sabrina will snap out of this give-me face. Now, when I first saw it, I genuinely thought Sabrina was writing a Christmas list to Santa. The, the paper she was writing on, I was like, oh my god, why is a teenager writing a letter to Santa? Not just a teenager, like, towards the, the end of teenagery yeah. 17 like. but as we learn in this episode Santa is totes real like. he is so, totes uh, yeah. real yeah and he's just a normal guy isn't yeah. he they're all ready for the holidays well apart from the lack of a tree and decorations on it so they conjure one up but then decide that because it's a mortal holiday they should perhaps do it the mortal way and go buy a tree but it becomes apparent they don't know where to buy one from so they seemingly head to the forest to get yes. one by the way the tree that they conjured awful 
Well, I think it by, was, it by was the time... Oh, dire. oh, the actual Conjured yeah, Up yeah, one. Yeah, the yeah. Conjured Up one looked dreadful. I have no idea what the hula hoops were doing yeah, on there. Yeah, gold hula hoops. <laughs> what was that about? <laughs> Strangest thing I've seen. Were there five of them? Were they five gold rings on the tree? Maybe. Oh, maybe. Maybe? I don't maybe. know. Weird looking thing. It was horrendous. Yes. Yeah, it's, it looked cosmic. But tell you what kind of does make sense is in the title screen, she's dressed as... Well, a tin soldier, so, you know, a, a nutcracker. Yeah. yeah. And she says, too much rouge, she says. Because yeah. you've got the rosy cheeks like they, they have in the, the nutcracker and the, the, yeah, they have the little red circles on and their cheeks, I, I, don't they? I'd feel like we'd, we would have celebrated more because it was relevant mm-hmm. and, and a fact. Yeah. But because it was Christmas, we were like, yeah. <laughs> Just, yeah. Nutcracker. <laughs> Let's crack on. We're in school and Sabrina is telling Harvey all about her Christmas present dilemma. The one where she doesn't know which group of presents to pine for. She invites Harvey to the mall for some research, but he can't go because he's got a job as a Santa Claus. Oh, it was that moment. He he says it's, it's an okay job, but what he doesn't like is that... All these children are going to ask him for, you know, for everything they want. And a lot of them aren't going to get it. And that really bothers him. Which, I mean, you know, yet again, you know, we might not like Christmas. You know, we might think this episode is shoehorned in. But, you know, at least it gave us yet more proof that... This this guy, you know. Yeah. This guy. Christmas brings out the worst in us, yes. but it brings out the best in some people, and Harvey is one of those people. You think Harvey's Christmas is probably absolutely rotten. Oh, and His dad God, buying yeah. him knives and everything, you know, and, and all this. And uh, and yet, yeah, he still has time to, to think of others and think, these kids won't get everything they yeah. want. Yeah. What, th- what do you think a Kinkle family Christmas is like? Let's let's paint the scene. I mean, what, what, what do the Kinkles do Christmas morning? I reckon Harvey probably wakes up. His dad's already drunk. Oh yeah! In uh, his in his sort of, he's got an open dressing gown, vest, some some dirty shorts on, and yeah, he's just Christmas hat and a, a bottle of probably something cheap and nasty. No, no, no! It's not cheap and nasty. It's not a bottle of. It's not a spirit. He's a lager drinker. He drinks like a cause pack of calls light yeah yeah or, or birch beer is what uh, oh yeah is, sorry is birch beer. This yeah, yeah 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 a, a bottle of birch ha- yeah ha- harvey and his sister probably sister probably gets more presents than him it's probably all athletic equipment and steroids and, and everything <laughs> no no it, uh, don't forget a standard kinkle present is a bit of whey protein yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And um, his sister probably gets all those. Harvey probably gets a load of things that Mr. Kinkle actually wants for himself. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Like like model fighter jets and the Clint Eastwood collection. Clint Eastwood collection. Uh, Cheap cologne. Yeah. Um, and all, all these things. Sandalwood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I imagine the he has a little brother, doesn't he? As well. Yeah, he does. Yeah. I ma- imagine the little brother probably you know gets get, everything he wants. Gets everything he wants to shut him up. And at this point, Mrs. Kinkle is already in the kitchen, avoiding Mr. Kinkle. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, God, like the plague. And, and yeah, preparing their Christmas dinner, which, unfortunately, because she started so early, will be dreadfully overcooked and dry. Yeah. yeah. And then Uncle What's-His-Face comes around with his prick sons. Oh, and Uncle yeah. Lloyd. Oh, fuck yeah. Me, yeah. Just, yeah, just just awful. Oh, yeah. God, poor Harvey. I mean, on the subject of dinner, what's 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 the Kinkle Christmas dinner like? Again, I imagine Mr. Mr. Kinkle's got his his sort of electric-powered carving knife, and he's making a, a hash of it. Harvey makes a a jovial, funny comment with the rest of the family. Gets clipped round the ear. Yeah, and he says, "Go on, big man, you do a better fucking job. Go on, go on." And when and Harvey has to comfort his mother, who is tired and crying. Yeah. Um, his his little brother is distraught and crying. His his sister's neck in a boyfriend who's, yeah. who she's brought round and mashed potatoes on the walls that's yeah it, it, I, I just imagine arguments after arguments after arguments which all end up in some form of wrestling match to see who is the and I'm using air quotes here bigger man because everybody is too dumb to solve things with words yeah so yeah I imagine, wow. I, I, I imagine it say uh, it's a nightmare portrayal of the American family unit uh, that can call can call household at Christmas. Yeah. Anyway, let's 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 pick up the pace. Let's so pick up the pace. I've got one thing about Harvey being Santa Claus. He must be the youngest Santa Claus in the world. <laughs> I've, I've actually got a, a, a related funny story. The first year I worked, say, obviously I used to work at Gulliver's yeah, World. We've both 
been Santas Both before. been Santas. Um, I, when one year I worked at Gulliver's World, I was hired as a Santa. I was the youngest one there. I think I was 16, I think. And all the old men that were used to being Santa were bitching about me. And you could hear them in the smoking area just because I was dead young, but really good and convincing <laughs> as, as, as Santa. And I kid you not, no, I heard them, I heard them talking about me. Oh, this new guy just walks in. You know, he's, he's got... He's, Someone said, I bet he can't even grow a beard. It's like, he's not paid I've, his... I've got one on, stuck on my face, I don't care. He's not paid his dues in the Santa business. <laughs> <laughs> See, you, you actually got hired to do that job. I ended up doing it because Santa, uh, the Santa that was meant to be there unfortunately called in ill and we had kids turning up to a grotto with no Santa. Oh, wow. So I literally, last minute Harry... Into the costume, got a, uh, a cushion, no, like a cushion from the sofa, not just like a, a wee little pillow. I'm talking an about actual, an actual piece of sofa <laughs> stuffed <laughs> in the Santa suit and a bit. I, I, it was for me. It was just one of those moments in life where I've done this now. Fuck it. You stuffed your thing with with a piece of couch. Yeah. That year I was Santa there. They didn't have any more padding. So the nearest thing they got was a multicolored parachute. <laughs> so they shoved this parachute up me. So every time, whoa, I... whoa, whoa, up you! Oh, sorry, up, up, <laughs> up the shirt, <laughs> up the shirt. So every time I moved and walked around, Santa like cr- crumpled a bit. <laughs> And later on, this little kid went, Santa, why is something hanging out your trousers? And they've just got this parachute just hanging at the bottom of Santa's pants while he's crumpling and crinkling. And that's the true spirit of Christmas, sitting on a shit Santa's knee. Merry Christmas. But Harvey is not like that. I'm sure he's, no, got, no, a lo- no. I'm sure he's got a lovely lap to sit uh, on. Yeah. He's definitely, his heart's definitely in there. He anyway. may have some older Santas bitching about him, though. Oh, oh without a doubt, yeah. Graham, I think the next step for you is, is to get your own Santa story and I tell us about it next year. Can't deal with children. <laughs> <laughs> At all. Um, there we go. Uh, so Harvey's sweet comment does fall on deaf ears, unfortunately, as Sabrina starts rambling on about her presence again. These thoughts continue in her history class, where instead of learning about George Washington, she's too busy thinking about that mountain bike she thinks she's decided on. She then starts hallucinating George Washington doing bunny hops on a BMX. Yeah. And... It's so bizarre, but I couldn't stop laughing. Yeah, it was very, it was very funny. <laughs> In the school cafeteria, Harvey is about to tuck into some meat glop, fruit glop, vegetable glop, and glob glop. Serena, not wanting to eat ordinary high school gruel, decides to magic in a baked potato. But nay, it isn't plucked out of thin air, rather the plate of a very upset and confused Russian man who will no doubt starve and die shortly afterwards. Well... Fortunately, he survives enough to uh, to get a present. Although um, it's not food that he receives later. We'll get oh, to that. Yeah. So he could still be starving. I yeah. don't know. What amused me, uh, if you think back to our Clarissa episode, yes. is um, that again we have a joke about the Soviet Union or former Soviet Union by this point and potatoes. <laughs> And, and and as well, uh, she offers a bit to Harvey and goes, mm, smells of vodka. How would Harvey know what vodka smells like? Mr. Kinkle's uh, Boozy Christmas. So, yeah. uh, Mr. Kinkle's Boozy Christmas. And each time Harvey was, was like, oh, Dad, I've, I've broken my arm. Or, oh, I've really hurt myself. Have hey, some vodka. Have a drink. Have a drink. He doesn't Man up. By the time he says, have a drink, the bottle's already halfway down Harvey's throat. Yeah. yeah. But no, what, what, what amused me about the, the Russian cutscene, as I'm going to be calling it, is the poor bloke sounds like, I was waiting in line for four days four for Four days for this potato, <laughs> and it's gone. I was going to say, uh, Graham, as our resident historian, were times really that bad in Russia in 1990... Well, 97. Yeah. Well, I mean, in Russia during the 1990s, obviously they sort of had democracy and everything, and uh, basically a wealthy few... Uh, use that time to basically asset strip the country and take everything for themselves um, which leads to the kleptocratic Russia we see today under Putin so yes, yes they were for wow. certain Russians, indeed there we go, four days for a potato maybe, and wow. it's gone just like that, poor, poor fucker poor fucker so, uh, so Sabrina's going to eat her baked potato and that Russian man isn't but uh, it got me thinking, Is that, I mean, we get this answered, but is this what happens every time a spell is used? 
Uh, well, no, it's the result of the egotitis. Yeah. yeah. But do you think people are, like, witches are always suffering from egotitis, as we learn, is, is Sabrina's diagnosis, and they will just continuously just put things out of well, someone's life willy-nilly? Are there, are there, are there witches amongst the community that don't care and they're just like... Oh, you're, you're oh just... they're sort of like... They're... Comfortable with their ego tactics, yes, and yeah. they just yeah, possibly. Or, or it could be unknown sufferers. Like sometimes you don't even know you've got chlamydia. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, so, so you're comparing egotitis to an STD. Yeah, fair enough. Back home, and Hilda and Zelda are trying to saw down their Christmas tree. However, it just keeps getting shorter and shorter. Keep trimming that tree, and you'll be able to use it as a car air freshener. Salem says, witty bugger. And in this as well, we see as well, he's, uh, his hench arms are back. Yes. And he's he's holding, um, well, it's not really like a, a megaphone as such. It's just like it's, a, it's like a just, rowing just, horn. It's just a, yeah, just a cone. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, but he's looking real jack, baby. Real jack. <laughs> his, his biceps are curled and yeah, he looks, yeah. He looks comfortable and hench. Uh, so we jump back to the school corridor where Harvey's asking Libby if she's doing anything for the holidays. And she isn't because she hates Christmas. She's got to yes! cheer, cheer out of Chris. She likes all the presents. However, she has to spend time with her bratty stepbrother, Russell. Stepbrother, eh? Oh, I miss that, mate. Yeah, stepbrother. Oh. So oh. Libby comes from a, a broken, broken family. Oh. Yeah. Maybe... That kind of slightly explains some of her actions. Mm-hmm. I mean, what will explain a lot of her actions is in a couple of episodes of time, we get to meet Libby's mum. Oh. So we do okay. get, but she's, this is definitely signs of maybe Libby has. She's a, she's troubled. She's, yeah. she's a troubled child and there are, I mean, she's still. A she's still a bitch. Bit, still a bitch, but she's, she, there are some, some things that have helped her become. Yeah. Extraneous way. circumstances. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, but no, no, stepbrother Russell. So she's not looking forward to uh, to spending time with him. Harvey seems surprised that Libby's family has a brat in it. Clueless to the real Libby, obviously. Yes. I, I just thought he was having a dig. Uh, <laughs> well, he may have done. He's just very, very sassy, very subtle. But maybe, maybe he's a lot cleverer than we take him for. Salem can't believe how awful a mortal Christmas tree looks, and concludes that's why we drink so much. Yep. It was certainly explained our, a lot. Our awful Christmas trees. That's why we drink so much. <laughs> yeah. and, our, and our awful Christmases. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, we drink so much that the, the horrible pringy bristles are smoothed over and it just looks like this a glowy, angelic symbol opposed yeah. to just a flaking, decrepit piece of shit. It's dinner time and Sabrina and Hilda are eating. However, Sabrina wants more asparagus. So she conjures up some. However, instead of making her own appear, it disappears from Hilda's fork. They suspect something may be wrong with Sabrina's magic, so she conjures up a blouse as a test, a silky green one which appears to come from nowhere. However, upon Zelda's return, she removes her coat and she's only in her bra vest thingy. <laughs> bra vest thingy. I don't know what it is. <laughs> what is it? I don't know. It's like a, like a, I don't want to say an older woman thing. It kind of is, though. <laughs> but yeah, it is. It's like, yeah, it's like a, it's, it's an undershirt. Yeah. 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 But is it, though? It's It was more like a vest. Yeah. That, that, well, that's why bra vest thingy. I don't yeah, know bra it vest. It, it's underwear, but it's also it's a vest. Yeah. It was made of sort of like silk sort of material. So does that provide enough support for her? I don't know how it works. I think she might have a bra underneath that. But no, because it was like... It was like lace. There was a discernible different sort of material for the upper half and the lower right. half. Yeah, I mean, okay. she might just be very, sort of very modest, but Zelda wasn't like, oh my God, oh, she was just like, oh. Because so she's, she she's still wearing clothes. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, she's not yeah. naked, but as in maybe she's like, oh, it's at least it's not my bra. It's my bra vest thing. Yeah, well, bra vest. What is that? What is the bra vest thing? I if really you, if you know what that is actually called... Um, <laughs> I thought those who were just spurring around us and looking like absolute just people who've never spoken to a woman. Um, then uh, let us know. Hashtag bra vest thing. Yeah, uh, whatever it is, um, Zelda is in it. <laughs> whatever they keep it under there, we don't know. Um, <laughs> I think the closest thing I can sort of link it to is some form of uh, negligee. <laughs> Yeah, but I think I think even think a negligee is something else. No, oh. oh, I don't know. We are so shit. We we are we oh. just don't know anything. So yeah, if you know if you know what this is, um, 
let us know because I don't want to keep referring. I mean, I'll never refer to it again. <laughs> but I want to, I want it to be in my mind that it's not called a bra vest thingy. Okay. Okay. <laughs> what you come back is it's it's a vest. It's a yeah, vest. I was about to say, yeah, probably just a vest. <laughs> <laughs> You're back. It's a lady's vest. <laughs> <laughs> Duh, it's a vest bra thingy. That's what it is. Um, so, uh, so it turns out that that silky green uh, blouse, which seemed to come from nowhere, was in fact Zelda's and she was wearing it. She says, Sabrina, I really wish you would ask me before you wear some of my clothes, especially when I'm already wearing them. Yeah, it was that moment of, seriously? That you've... Connecting the dots in the wrong way there. <laughs> yeah. So Sabrina is really worried that something is wrong. As is Salem, who begs her not to conjure up anything fur. Zelda reckons it's something psychological, so she advises Sabs to go and see Dr. Bull, a witch psychiatrist who could shed some light on the situation. Sabrina tells us that she had to sign a lobotomy release form before she went. Um, Dr. Bull? Yeah, Dr. Bull. You see, what they did there... You know, again, this might have missed you. Obviously, we missed, you know, obviously, Sabrina calls Dr. Bull, as in shit. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. 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 Bullshit. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Get it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, well done. Stick that in the IMDb trivia. Fucking Santa Claus. The lobotomy release form. Everyone laughs, but imagine if it was like, no, we can't solve this. Sabrina's not going to be the same when she comes back. Yeah. Good grief. It's turning into uh, one flew over the cuckoo's nest very, very quickly. Oh, yes, yes. It's, but again, I mean, you would have thought by the late 90s, yeah, lobotomies, pretty sure they weren't happening. So Not in our realm, Chris. Yeah. No, that's what I mean. But we've already established that the other realm is already further ahead than us in tech-wise, uh, the VR glasses. Yeah. Yeah. So why the fuck are they still doing lobotomies? Well, we also did say that they were ahead of us in terms of tech, but then they've got lazy and they've and now we've caught up. Maybe they came up with the idea of lobotomy before us, and then they've not bothered to do anything better. So if you've got a cold, lobotomy. <laughs> and a society can be advanced in many respects and very behind the times in others. Mm. So maybe their mental health hasn't uh, mental health awareness hasn't developed pace with their uh, technological uh, growth. That's a very good idea, yeah. Mm. But either oh. way, shit's scary. In Dr. Bull's room, she concludes that she is suffering from egotitis, which is making her act like a little girl. So to help the matter, Dr. Bull magics in Sabrina's inner child, who more or less confirms this by demanding presents for Christmas, like a spoiled brat. Unfortunately, this illness cannot be cured by a shot or an inhaler. It can only be resolved from within by rediscovering the true meaning of Christmas. Uh. <laughs> At home, Hilda and Zelda are trying to get Sabs in the Christmas spirit, so they suggest conjuring up a Johnny Mathis album. However, she ends up conjuring in Johnny Mathis's personal copy of the album, which he isn't best pleased about. And neither is Hilda and Zelda when they find this out. Which, well, what, what we find out is that at Christmas, Johnny Mathis listens to Johnny Mathis. <laughs> <laughs> what an egomaniac. <laughs> He's got ego types. Yeah, just that, again, another random cutscene where we're like, what? I mean, it's, it's, it's always great to see Johnny Mathis because we get to hear him sing later on. He's beautiful yeah. voice, but it's very, very weird <laughs> just yeah. that how he listens to his own Christmas album and is aware of it when it's not there. Yeah. He's addicted to his own voice. I mean, in fairness, after hearing his voice... It is quite addictive. It is, it is quite... a, it's a lovely voice. There, there are there are there are some people you can understand being addicted to their own voice, and I think Johnny Mathis is one of them. Absolutely. So it's nice. So we do get to see him later on. But yeah, he's very distraught that he can't find his Christmas album, and so is Hilda and Zelda when they find out that that is his personal collection. Serena goes to open a present, hoping that will capture the holiday spirit, but instead they just disappear as she can't have presents when she's acting like a spoiled brat. So I guess if we look into this. This is kind of a bit more real and sort of relatable to to, children, to regular children. As that, if you're a spoiled brat, we'll just take your presents away from you. You're not going to get them if you're going to be complaining and, and trying to get them. So I guess it's, there's a deeper meaning in this it's, that applies to the audience's watching, Yeah, but I guess. The, the, the main difference is that 
in the mortal realm, when a child misbehaves, they just go, you won't get your presents if you misbehave. In uh, in the witching world, they fucking disappear. <laughs> That's it, gone. They're <laughs> gone. To avoid yep. somewhere. If mortal parents could do that, then... Enforcing discipline at Christmas would be a piece of piss. <laughs> yeah. I, I do, I do like the idea though that, that you know I would like to think that children are watching this episode going, "Oh my god, if I'm acting naughty, maybe I've got egotitis and my presents are going to disappear. I'm never going to get any." So yeah, maybe this episode is trying to teach kids to steer on the right path. Around well, I was going to say if they could have figured out the whole Sabrina clause thing, then yeah. Oh, oh, absolutely. If they're yeah. on the same page as us with the whole claw things, not so yeah, much. Yeah, not so yeah. much. Yeah, maybe should have been a bit more obvious with your name, maybe. So Sabrina is still moping around that Christmas just isn't Christmas without presents. So Hilda and Zelda decide to enlist some help from the other realm. A big deal, apparently, in the other realm. Bob, who sets out to help spread some holiday cheer. And who is Bob, Phil? Well, he's in this episode, he's spreading some holiday cheer. But in where he's normally from, he's just cheers. Cheers. Hey. hey, we're speaking of John Ratzenberger. Um, yeah, cheers is probably where you'd most recognise him from his yes. his uh, physical being however his voice will be very familiar to uh, fans of the Pixar uh, films because he's in every single one of them he does he uh, does a voice in every single Pixar movie most notably Ham in uh, the Toy Story films yes uh, yeah so in every in every Pixar film he's either a secondary character and sometimes he's a main character yeah. but yeah they're all the way to so that's John Ratzenberg so it's nice to see him because he's very Naturally jolly, anyway. Yeah, I mean, he's just yeah, he's, he's just a, he's a good everyman. Yes, um, yeah. So it's nice that you can believe him that this is someone who wants to help somebody. Yeah, and he's big and he's jolly and yeah, he, I think he makes a good TV Santa Claus he does. in this one. So that's all, John Ratzenberger. Anyway, he suggests visiting Christmas Past before remembering that it's been done already. And Hilda even comments on that. So maybe Hilda, Hilda was ever- Scrooge. Hilda was Scrooge. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe, yeah, I mean, you know, Charles Dickens has to get the inspiration from somewhere. Yeah. He wouldn't have come up with it off the top of his head. No. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, she said, yeah, the graveyard bit is really depressing. So yeah. she, she's definitely had uh, the, the, the I, ghost I, of Christmas I, past I, I visitor. I wouldn't put it past uh, Hilda um, pretending to be a man in the Victorian era and ended up as Ebenezer Scrooge. Oh, absolutely. That was her, yeah. uh, alias <laughs> for, for, for those generations that she was there. The only reason Hilda finds um, graveyards depressing is because all those people are already dead, so she can't kill them. <laughs> <laughs> so there'd be none left for me to do, kill. Do you reckon yeah. Hilda's got her own personal graveyard that can considerably grows every year? Well, that's the dungeon, isn't it? No, that's what... Underneath yeah. the cobbles. Whoa. The crypt. Oh, <laughs> there is a fucking crypt. So they've house. got the basement, they've got the dungeon, and then below that is the crypt. And then below yeah. that is that garage we talked about <laughs> in the other episodes. <laughs> yeah. And below that is Poorail. <laughs> Everything goes down goes down like the poo shoots, doesn't yeah. it? In the from the dungeon, yeah. Uh, oh, what what if um oh shit me. What if Hilda at one point were lived in Paris and she's responsible for the catacombs? Maybe. Maybe all her victims. Yeah. It's very any if you think anything in time that involved killing people or burying bodies then Hilda was probably involved in she, it. Yeah, she at least she at least contributed to the mass grave even if it wasn't entirely her doing. <laughs> yeah. So then uh, Bob decides that maybe the two of them will go and try and recapture her childhood memories and look at the new Chryslers, obviously. Uh, we're then treated to a festive montage of donating to charity, baking, failure at baking, watching strangers hurl abuse at Libby because they think she's abusing her stepbrother. Which was hilarious. Yes, yeah. so it was great. So real, you know, traditional Christmas moments in Serena's life. Um, yeah, yeah, her stepbrother kind of pretends that she's hit him and starts yeah. crying and everyone around them is just going, what'd you do that for? Come on! Yeah. Like, just getting far too involved in strangers' lives. Yeah, it, it's quite... I found it very entertaining because it was the kid who pretended to get hit even even though and then the people in front turned around and hurled abuse but the people behind who would have seen fuck all happen yeah. also joined in at hurling abuse yeah, yeah. oh yeah <laughs> which was quite entertaining it's just joining with the majority aren't show, yeah it just shows how mob mentality works <laughs> wow and at no point did anyone go did you hit him uh, it was just what are you doing hitting a kid <laughs> wow 
There we go. So that's the real spirit of Christmas. Hurling abuse at strangers. Riots. Aren't they? Excellent. So, yeah, so we get some real traditional Christmas memories, and Bob and Sabrina decide to build a delightful snowman, and she starts to feel Christmassy, which makes Bob happy, until he falls to the ground and does something to his now grapefruit-sized ankle. Sabrina magics in a cane which belongs to an old man nearby, who subsequently falls to the ground and goes, Oh, where's my cane? <laughs> Uh, despite appearing like she knows the true meaning of Christmas, she is still only thinking about presents. And Bob still has work to do. Back home, Hilda and Zelda have nicely decorated their dog shit Christmas tree, so upon accepting its ugliness, they conjure up a better one. Just then, Sabrina calls them into the kitchen to help get Bob to the sofa. And it's then that Hilda and Zelda spill the beans. Bob is Santa Claus. <gasps> no! Fucking is, isn't he? And Sabs isn't the only one not getting presents this year my question is why the fuck is he called Bob uh, Santa Claus Santa Chris Claus is Kringle his stage name he should be called Chris yeah he should have been called like Chris it'd be a subtle thing or he could have been called Nick yeah yeah, yeah. Sabrina starts quizzing Bob about Santa things like why he isn't chubby and it's because of his regular exercise and diet well that tapeworm he thinks he's got also he kind of is chubby no offence <laughs> to John Ratzenberg oh no no, but, no, no uh, yeah um, but yeah, I, mean, I think 20 years later, John Ratzenberg is aware of that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully he's got rid of that tapeworm anyway that he thinks is causing him to lose weight. Sabrina asks if anyone can fill in for him, like a temp or a cousin. Bob suggests Mrs. Claus, but she works for UPS and will be swamped at this time of year as well. So it's like Mrs. Claus is immortal. Maybe. Or she's using her magical powers to be the best UPS delivery person on Earth. And people wonder how she keeps making it so quickly. Or maybe UPS is actually based in the other realm, and that's why their delivery service is out of this world. Which makes sense, because we've seen it in other things. So, um, Percy Jackson, uh, they go and see Hermes in the Sea of Monsters, as in Hermes, the delivery oh, place okay. in America. And it is and, the and, guy. And, and here, the and here, up the yeah. road. Um, yeah, yeah, sorry. And it's Hermes that runs Hermes, because yeah. he is the messenger. That's cool, yeah. yeah. And also, um, there's that old Egyptian god, uh, Parcel Force. Yeah. <laughs> so Mrs. Claus works for UPS, and that's why she can't help. So it naturally falls onto Sabrina, because well, Hilda and Zelda have got to look after Bob. Sailor says that that plan is terrible, because Sabrina is awful at doing anything responsible. So Zelda magics him up to the North Pole, so he can help. Now, quick question here. Where does Sabrina go? I didn't see a guy out the front door... I thought she went to the linen closet. And if she went to the linen closet, that means that she was going to the other realm. So does Santa live in the other realm? If so, that means he doesn't live in Lapland. Hmm. Hmm. So when you go to Lapland, yeah, that's not Santa. Yeah. It's It's just a man dressed up. It's just a Finnish man. (laughs) Merry Christmas. It's just just (laughs) Jarvold. Yeah, um, so so we don't... maybe, Maybe the delivery didn't show it, so we didn't have this debate. But yeah... I'm a bit unsure whether the the North Pole or wherever Santa's workshop is. Because he only refers to it as Santa's workshop. He doesn't say the North Pole or Lapland. So is it in the other realm or is it, you know, in the North Pole? Could be on the North Pole of Mars. It could be. It does have ice caps. Yeah, Yeah. that's true. That's an idea, yeah. Hmm. It's got to be somewhere that she can get to conveniently on a hoover, though, because that's what she takes off in later. At Santa's workshop, and Sabrina causes a mass panic in the workshop, but assures everyone that everything will be okay. She's also amazed that Fritz, the only pint-sized elf, is using expert carpentry to make a CD player. I love this little bit of cover, because obviously all all the elves in the workshop are... um, Just regular size. Just regular size, yeah. yeah, When you think elf, you think... uh, uh, Little fella. Little fella, yeah. But it was because one of the elves said... uh, because Sabrina raises this, why are you all, like, my, my height? And she went, they covered it by going, yeah, guess who is always conveniently close to Santa when a camera's out? <laughs> and it's Fritz. It's little Fritz, isn't he? Yeah. So back home, and Hilda and Zelda are trying to ease Bob's pain, who in turn causes them mental pain by having them at his every beck and call. So, uh, and then Fritz runs in screaming that the naughty nice list is missing, causing everyone else to go ballistic, especially the head elf who is more annoyed because he keeps bumping into Fritz under the mistletoe. That's the thing that's got him more concerned. (laughs) (laughs) The fact that not only are they behind, uh, Santa's ill, they've lost the list, but he keeps 
kissing having, Fritz under yeah, the mistletoe. Keeps kissing Fritz. I mean, he doesn't have to. So there's a well, part- he's under the mistletoe. He's an elf. He has to. But yeah. there's a part of him that wants to. It's company policy. <laughs> <laughs> you put somebody under the mistletoe, you have yeah. to kiss. You have to kiss. Company him. policy. In the workshop, and just as Sabrina is about to set off, it comes to light that the reindeer are sick from eating the list. So with no means of transport, what is she going to do? Well, she magics in a sweet Christmas vacuum cleaner and dons Salem in a fur coat, antlers and red nose and she zooms off into the night sky. Why is everything going wrong? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that's a very good point. You know, literally every, anything that you could possibly imagine to go wrong on the night that Santa needs to deliver presents goes wrong. Because Santa famously only works one day a year. The elves take care of everything else around the year, so clearly, it's got to make some cuts are got to be made. Yeah. Bye, Fritz. Yeah, <laughs> Fritz is Fritz is on the Fritz, you might say. In the night sky, and Sabrina has wrapped up the Baltic states, and geographically, it's only natural that Westbridge is next. And first up is Libby, who for Christmas gets her stepbrother's love and respect. Ah, <laughs> that's the true meaning of Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> She flies over Harvey's house and magics in a gift for him. A miracle, she says. I hope it's a shotgun for his dad's face. That's all I wanted to <laughs> What? You don't want to put a shotgun in the Kinkle household. You know who's going to get to that first. Oh, God. Mrs. Kinkle, she'll shoot him exactly. first. Exactly. <laughs> be a murder-suicide. <laughs> it's Christmas morning and Sabrina returns from a successful night in the sky. So successful that she returns a changed woman and thinks her presence could be more useful and beloved elsewhere. So she then magics up a present to the man who had his potato stolen. He opens it and in his best Russian accent says... The gap. <laughs> yeah. Get your potato, Nick. Get, Get a, a track sweet suit from the gap. Get a sweet cardie. Yeah, you can eat that, can't you? He gets a present from the gap, you know, so he's still hungry. He's still probably going to die, but at least he's not going to die in the cold. Or he's not going to be killed by the fashion police or anything anyway, at least. Yeah, because at the end of the day, you know, fair trade, baked potato, here's a cardie. <laughs> Why, why don't we all do that? Bob wakes up fully santified and admits that he made the whole thing up. His ankle wasn't really sore. It was all to teach Sabrina a lesson. Oh, and to get a break from his annoying staff. Mainly Fritz, he says. Before Hilda and Zelda fly off the handle, he gives them gifts. A live Mozart album for Hilda. Which yeah, is live awesome. Prince Nicholas's palace or something like yeah. that. And he goes, yeah, Wolfie was really hard that night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mozart live which is awesome um, and uh, Zelda gets a an invitation into Stephen Hawking's head yeah a meeting of minds a meeting of mind. minds yeah. even not to his head well I thought it was like she'd no. be able to just magic up in his head and have a chat to his brain I thought that's what she got no okay so it was just... a meeting of minds so uh, Stephen Hawking Neil deGrasse Tyson um, Zelda Spellman and Brian Vinnie, Cox. Vinnie Jones. Vinnie Jones. Why not? A meeting of minds. Yeah, excellent. The doorbell goes and it's Harvey who has a gift for Sabrina. He then reveals what his Christmas miracle from Sabrina was. It was that every child that came to visit him in the department store apparently got everything they asked for because the store, the department store rung him. But how would they know that and why would they ring him? Uh, plot hole. Anyway, Sam's conjures up some mistletoe and they have a little smooch. The credits roll and the Spellman Saberhagen party are swapping gifts, apart from Zelda, who conjures up in her gift for Hilda, Johnny Mathis himself, who sings Oh Holy Night. Beautifully. Oh. I'm not going to yeah, do this. Yeah. The beautiful moment is ruined, however, when Sabrina remembers that she didn't get a gift for Johnny, making him if I'm right, the only person in the entire world who woke up on Christmas morning without a present. Wait, are you... Are you... Wait, what? Are you saying that she didn't get a present for Johnny Mathers for that moment, or at all when she was distributing the presents? I think at all, because obviously she was Santa, so she gave a present to everybody, and she went, oh shoot, I didn't get anything for Johnny. Johnny woke up with no presents. Rich, isn't he? <laughs> it's you're right. There you go. Just another copy of his CD. I think he yeah. could do it. So in case yeah. someone nicks it. Well, it's still on the side, so he just picks that up on his way out. <laughs> it just goes. Yeah. His present was when he looked in the mirror and was like, "Johnny Mathis." <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Santa. <laughs> oh, so there we go. Merry Christmas and all that jazz. Good grief. So that was episode twelve, uh, Sabrina Claus. Unfortunately, it wasn't about Sabrina. 
um, going on a, a murderous rampage with some sort of knives, sort of Wolverine fingers, but it was an episode all the same. Wolverine doesn't have Wolverine fingers, he has regular fingers. It's yeah, sharp it's claws. claws, is it? Oh, well, that's yeah. what I mean. Wolverine fingers, what the <laughs> fuck is that? I don't know, well, he's a hairy fingers, he's a wolf, he's probably got different sort of fingernails, isn't he? He's not a wolf, he's, he's a man. Yeah, and a wolverine and a wolf are two completely but different creatures. But his brother, Sabretooth, he had fingernails and Sabretooth claws. Yeah, you weren't talking about him. Yeah, though, yeah, you? you're talking about Wolverine, not Yeah, Sabretooth. but they're brothers, they're related, they've got the same blood. <laughs> it's all came from just right. You completely fucked that, didn't you, Phil? What was that? <laughs> it was great. <laughs> Nothing to do with the episode, but <laughs> so anyway, regardless of the sort of Wolverine saber tooth fingers and nails, whatever. Uh, this episode, uh, Graham, did we enjoy this one? Did you feel festive? I know it's difficult to. Um, I wouldn't feel festive at the best of times. Um, it was just such a standard Christmas episode. I mean, like. I'd said at the start, but like every show just completely loses what it normally is and becomes. You get a few Christmas episodes of shows which are very much sort of very much their sort of twist on a Christmas episode. But um, I think a show like Sabrina is always just going to sort of just revert to just usual Christmas sitcom fare. It wasn't bad. I like John Ratzenberger a lot. It was good, good, to, good to see him there. I like Johnny Mathis even more. Oh it's yeah, good to see him there. I never knew he was such a beautiful man. No, he sees. He's, I've never seen what he looks. I've only heard his beautiful tones, but but he, he looks he looks as good as he sounds. So it was, it was it was good to have them along for the ride. But as a Sabrina episode, not a standout. Not really one you can enjoy too much out of the season, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. It was, it was it I don't was even there. think you could enjoy it in season. It didn't. Not. It didn't feel like a natural episode, did it? Like no. I think Christmas was far for- too far too forced and shoehorned in. Um, yeah, Chris. Any any thoughts on the episode? Did you you know? Did you think it was? Yeah. Do you think it fit well with the with the rest of the season or no? Stand alone. No, it was. Sta- there have been literally films, many films made of the same premise. Tim Allen was in one of them. Yeah, the Santa Claus. Vince yeah, Vaughn yeah. was Fred Claus or he something. Was the, uh, yeah, it's just it's just something that Robert Webb just... was Russ Claus. National Webb sketch. It's just been done to absolute death. And maybe maybe not so much in 1997, but for today's standards, I'm fucking bored of that shit. Give me a fucking witch trials and shit when they're all on hoovers and you split up the club. I don't fucking know what I'm about, but there was better ways of doing it than that. Yeah, do you, do you think... I mean, Imagine cause... if they did... Same with Tim Allen. Imagine if they did Wild Hogs, but instead of bikes, they rode hoovers. Be a good idea for an episode. <laughs> yeah, um, maybe. Yeah. We'll, we'll pinch it. Go back in time, pinch yeah. it, and then, and then we'll talk about it. So, I mean, we've, we, we commend... The writing staff at Sabrina a lot for their sort of the zaniness and, and the way that they can just turn such a simple idea into a brilliant twenty-minute escapade. I would have liked to have seen a completely original way of celebrating Christmas yeah. in Sabrina's way. I mean, I know Halloween is strictly their special time, so we've seen really ludicrous Halloween episodes. But Christmas, yeah, and I know this isn't an original story. It's you know Sabrina's going to deliver presents. We've seen it before. Chris has mentioned them just before. I would have liked something really zany and really Sabrina-y. Yeah, it was just the, it was just the the Santa Claus the film. Yeah, like, the more you think about it, the more it's literally that you and your Santa. You have to deliver the presents yourself, and that's it. Yeah, yeah and and it doesn't set a good sort of uh, thought for the next couple of seasons, as I would assume there'll be a Christmas episode in each one. I mean, why wouldn't there? It's, yeah, I mean, if if they've already hit this in season two, what the fuck is in season seven? I mean. This, this is a film that I'd watch though, right? Get this, right? A serial killer accidentally murders Santa. Is it strictly a serial killer? Strictly a serial killer. Already, it's, Already. it's not been commissioned. <laughs> yeah. yeah, serial killer murders Santa. Serial killer then becomes Santa Claus and then he uses being Santa Claus to murder more people. Isn't that Santa's sleigh with Goldberg? <laughs> it think, sounds very I, familiar. I think it might be, yeah. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, it's been done. Would you look at that? There isn't another <laughs> fucking original idea. Yeah, there's no original ways to What's express There's too many Christmas films. <laughs> there's so, so many Christmas films. Too many Christmas films. To the point where we started watching one to review it, and it was so shit we turned it <laughs> off. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, I much enjoyed last year's Christmas one because that was had an original feel to it. It was Salem getting kidnapped, 
and Coolio helps them find him. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's not a Christmas trope. Yeah. Coolio helping you find a, a missing cat. You so know, it can be done, and it was just a shame that, I mean, it was... It was great to see uh, as Bob, uh, John Ratzenberg. Yeah. He's just really, really funny, but I would have liked him. And even him being Santa was great. Yeah. But have Sabrina involved in Santa in a different way? Maybe. Maybe the reason why we got this Christmas episode was because, and we've said it before, you know, in that writer's room, it must be absolute fucking chaos. And they thought to themselves, you know what? Let Let's just have a break. <laughs> yeah. We've been on a roll. Let's take our foot off the, the pedal just for a little bit. Let's have a break. Let's just... Sabrina becomes Santa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Next. Yeah. <laughs> Next. All that all that freewheeling, zany creativity wears you out. And this yeah. this is where they chill. Um, so with that, we're going to find out what, uh, what Christopher, our rank master, uh, scores this episode out of. Because each week... He decides, uh, he sets the bar on what our episode should be uh, should be scored on, whether it's good, whether it's worth watching, or whether it should be one to completely avoid. So, Sabrina Claus, episode 12, our second Christmas episode of the show's existence. Christopher, what do you make of it? There was a couple of gags in there, Salem was on point, Bob, what? There's <laughs> <laughs> not much else to say. I think I'm just going to have to bite the bullet and just go with... Um, Four shotguns out of a kinkle Christmas. Okay, four shotguns out of a uh, kinkle Christmas. Graham, share yeah, the same. same thoughts. Yeah, same. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so enthusiastic. <laughs> yeah, you tell what the Christmas spirit has done to our grave. Uh, yeah, I yeah I agree. It's just uh, so we're all we're all on rang. This one is is the. It might be just because it is Christmassy, but I think it's the most disappointing episode so far. So hopefully our next episode, they'll get a nice sort of... The, the, festive, the festive holiday. Hopefully. They fucking better. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, okay, so in Christmas words, they fucking better use this festive cheer of the holidays to give us a much better episode next time. Would you like to know what it's called? Go on. It is episode 13, Little Big Craft. What do you think it's about? Seriously? Yeah. We're going to pretend not to know. <laughs> We're doing this right now. Yeah, Sabrina turns Mr. Kraft into a young boy to help him understand teenagery behaviour. Right, so it's going to be good to see more of Mr. Kraft, uh, definitely. Yes. Uh, we'll see if his um, performance as a child um, is on a conniff level or not as well. Oh, yeah, I mean, I mean, if you think Mar- if the image of Martin Mull with a backwards cap hiding in a cushion fort... Uh, giving Chinese burns out is funny then well hey you're already off to a winner I do like the sound of that <laughs> so they're already they're repeating another storyline now there, that is a shame isn't it yeah I mean hopefully it will it will be different I mean I can tell you from watching it that it is different it, it's it's not strictly like Rudy Kazuti but then again that was way in the start of season one it's also still possibly the best episode it, well. yeah. yeah that yeah that's true yeah. ignore my comments there. that was the uh, that was the you who hey you over there see I really enjoyed that Chris has got that tattooed on his body you mentioned <laughs> it mentioned it in almost every episode yeah I've got a l- lower back tattoo of saying hey you over there <laughs> <laughs> yeah there we go folks Chris is a drumster quite, 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 quite the icebreaker isn't it <laughs> do you want to see my tattoo hey you over there <laughs> It's for when I'm being rammed. (laughs) 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 Oh, Oh, Dad's come running the first. Oh, so until then, (laughs) stay safe. Sabrina the Teenage Watch is available in many different formats, so whether you're listening to us on SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, or iTunes, please leave us a comment or a review. Your support means we get more listeners. And it means our hard work is not going to waste. And we can look at ourselves in the mirror. If you want to contact us or keep up to date with our episodes, you can follow us on Twitter at Sabrina Watch. And you can find us on Facebook. Just search for Sabrina the Teenage Watch and there we shall be. And thank you to you for listening wherever you are. And remember, may every little thing you do be Be magic. magic.